This is the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast with Trevor Monaghan and Clive Jones. In this series, we will make fun of each other and share some of our self proclaimed wisdom about understanding what your business is worth now, how to make it worth more, and how to get it ready for sale. Welcome, listeners, to the first podcast of Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com. You might be wondering why we called this podcast that name. We'll explain that a bit later. But uh, for the time being, I'll introduce myself. I'm Trevor Monaghan. I'm a chartered accountant. I own an accounting firm based in Newcastle, Australia, but servicing clients all around Australia called Climax Business Strategies. And as you can probably tell by my name, I'm a little bit out there. Um, I really enjoy marketing and, and being a bit different. And I guess I've got a bit of a passion and have had for my whole career of business valuations and advising people buying and selling businesses. Uh, I'm teaming up on this podcast with one of my friends, Clive Jones. Um, I won't do Clive justice in introducing him because I don't rate him that highly, so I'll let him do that himself. Clive. Gee, thanks, Trevor. You're a good bloke. Uh, Yes, hello, everyone. Clive Jones. I'm a business coach, and uh, I've effectively ran all my life with uh, helping businesses and business owners get more out of their business. So Clive, why why have we teamed together? What are we talking about? What's what's this series of podcasts going to be on in your mind? In my mind, what I, what, what I want to help the listener achieve is to get more money out of their business. At the end of the day, we work hard for our, uh, our income and uh, put a lot of effort into the investment that we put into the business. And I just want to see people get as much out of it as they can um, when they eventually want to get out of it. So um, in your experience as a business coach, like I see certain things from a chartered accountant's point of view, um, you'd see things differently as a business coach. You know you're on the ground a lot more than I am in businesses rolling your sleeves up. What's your feeling for um, you know the, the gap between what people's businesses could be worth as opposed to what they end up selling them for, if at all? You know, what's your feeling on the ground? I see a lot of businesses operating where there's a very good uh, technical uh, ability in the business. They know their product. They know what they're uh, um, working with their clients on. Um, but what I find is missing a lot is is a lot of uh, business uh, structure, a lot of uh, uh, flying by the seat of the pants quite often. I see they're really not... Um, following too many systems and building this business in into a, a model that uh, somebody else could easily take over. So yeah. so in reality, do what's your experience? So if I'm a local florist, uh, I've built up, say, you know, a half-decent business. I've made myself a decent wage. Um, do you, in reality, are businesses like that selling or are they shutting down? A little bit of both. I think if they do manage to sell, it's usually to somebody that maybe knows the business and they sell it. Uh, almost give it away um, just glad to get out of it quite often because they haven't really structured the business well enough um, or like you say you know, quite often they'll just close it down because it's all too hard yeah that's my experience as well I get a lot of people saying you know I'll ask them you know have you thought about what your business is worth and they'll, they'll look at me with a you know, strange look um, and they'll say you know what do you think I can sell it um, well, you know, to be honest there's not many businesses I've seen that with a few tweaks, you know, some more more substantial than others, that um, we couldn't at least get it saleable to a competitor or to an internal buyer or something like that. But I think I 
the reason I'm on this podcast and the reason I'm so passionate about doing something like this with you, Clive, is because I'm just sick of people um, not going down the path or thinking it's too hard to get their business ready for sale um, and shutting it down. Um, and a lot of those, a lot of those things are conceptual. It's a lot of those things are in their head. Um, if we look at sort of what we're planning to cover off over the this, these series of podcasts uh, over the coming weeks and months. Um, can I, can I just jump in before you do that, Trevor? Sure. Uh, one thing that I also notice in, in in coaching a lot of clients is they might not even be thinking about selling their business at this stage, but um, they if they if they've actually got the business uh, structured in such a way that it is more attractive, they could actually make more money out of it and actually have a much better cash cash flow and a better lifestyle out of the business while they're actually running it. Uh, so it's like the whole e-myth thing is that you set it up as if you're going to run, you know, could you start another hundred franchises tomorrow, even if you don't want to? And it's, I think it's the same when you're going to, you know, think about selling a business, you might actually get to a point where you don't want to sell it. Um, you've got to look at why, why you want to sell it now. Is it because it's, it's a drain on time or you, you need your money to do other things? You know, That's maybe yep. in the course of getting it ready for sale, you, you, you know, you get a bit of cash flow and um, you don't want to get rid of it, which is probably not a bad outcome. All of a sudden it becomes more exciting again. Exactly. So looking at what I think we should be covering off, um, at the end of the day, my positioning in this is I, I'm a lot of devil's advocate in this kind of stuff. People come to me looking at buying businesses. I've had a number in the last couple of weeks. Um, there's a reason for that, which I'll explain a bit later, but I'm usually the guy that goes and um, puts, my, you know, put a, puts my magnifying glass in a business and I'm the one that says don't buy it or don't pay that much because of X, Y, Z. That could be because of the level of profitability or it could be that through the level of risk involved in that business. Or it could be there's just other things out there that are worth, worth more money um, that are available to buy. So what I want to do is I want to impart to all our listeners how I would go about being that devil's advocate so that you can do that for your own business. Because odds are, especially if your business is worth a little bit of money, uh, you're going to have some, some bugger like me on the other side of it shaking his head. Okay. Uh, and what I like to do is actually get in there before Trevor comes along, so you've got all the answers sorted out to uh, pull the rug from yeah. underneath him. No, I've been positioned nicely. I should probably rethink that th- that um, positioning. Uh, I'm I'm a bit of the prick at the moment, but you know I, I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, you know I've got the whole philosophy with my career that life's too short to sit back and just watch stuff happen. Um, if I can just help people avoid situations where they could have easily got a bit more money or or got a better result then um, if we can help people do that then that's that's probably what we're on about but we're, we're going to cover off in in future episodes how to actually value business you know don't listen to anyone that starts talking about rule of thumbs there is a scientific way that is the layperson can do most of the work themselves and work out what your business is actually worth from a financial point of view we'll also talk a lot about business life cycles because um, you know, different businesses have different values at different points in the life cycle. Um, people looking at buying your business will, will look at it differently depending on what, what type of life cycle, what stage of life cycle your business is at. And to be honest, their business as well, if it's another business acquiring you. We'll look at the valuation theory. Um, we'll look at, you know, all the things that drive me and all the, the I guess, the, the technical-minded people about, about valuing the business. But we'll also look at the strategic points of view. Now, anyone that's heard of these big internet companies listing um, or selling for multiple billions of dollars. Um, you know, most of these don't have any revenue. So anyone that comes out with a rule of thumb 
saying you have to value business at X times revenue, you know, three times multiplier of revenue or, or a certain multiplier of profits. Um, well, how does Google, how does LinkedIn, how do these, these type of businesses um, sell for as much as they do without a revenue model at all? And the answer is, is because it's not about current revenue and current profits. It's about the expectation of what what that business could turn into between now and infinity, which is obviously a very hard thing to gauge. But there is still some level of um, profitability required, but you don't have to show it. You have to convince someone that it's going to be there, which is a whole different concept. And the profit to you in operation can be quite different to the, the profit that one of your competitors might make from your same operation. You know. They might not need your admin department, for example, so they might be able to cut hundreds of thousands of dollars out of your expenses, but still have the same revenue and effectively make more profit than you did. So it's worth more to them than you. So we'll talk about things like that. You know, often strategic buyouts are where all the money is. Um, if you can find one of those, then that's probably that's probably a handy thing to, to be working towards, but we'll talk sort of at depth, and we'll probably bring on a few special guests at that point to talk about some actual real-life case studies around that. and. And the thing is, everything that we talk about can apply to anybody. It can be the corner shop, can be a florist, can be a pest control guy, could be a construction company, could be a large multinational mining company. The theory is sound across all. How, how you apply it's a bit different, uh, but don't start thinking that I'm only a humble bookkeeper or um, a hopeless business coach or something like that, Clive. Look, uh, thank you again, Trevor. <laughs> You're a charming fellow. Um, yeah, it, it literally, you know, so every business I go into, the generalised principles re- remain the same. Um, it's just the speciality of, of your particular industry that changes. So uh, everything that we'll be talking about is is going to be very, very practical and uh, apply to all of us. Okay, so before I just, I just want to touch uh, a bit today on how to value business. What is business value? Why do people pay money for stuff like businesses? Before I just get to that, I'm just going to quick, give a quick rundown just so you know who I am a bit more in the evolution of Trevor. Um, so I've been a chartered accountant working in the industry over 10 years and you know, I've worked for some of the larger players, um, not multinational companies by any stretch, but some of my you know, past employers have been really good accounting firms. But, you know, for my career, it's all about engagement. Um, sadly, and I don't know what the experience is for most people, but most I talk to, um, they feel disengaged from their accountant, from their advisors, and you know, from their coaches and all that kind of stuff. And I've spent my career trying to um, get engagement happening again because I can't help people unless I know what the situation is. I don't like people thinking they're getting charged for asking a basic question or talking about the weather. So I, I try to knock down those barriers. Part of doing doing a podcast like this, part of the reason is that you, there's no um, sales pitch, there's no worrying about what I'm charging. People can listen to this, they can get the information, they can go away and do something about it. If one day they also come and use me for some paid advice, that's fantastic as well, of course. Um, you know, me personally, I was, you know, my family was bankrupt when I was 18, so I know what it's like to not have food on the table. I know what it's like to, to be worrying about money. Um, and I just made a stand, Clive, when I was you know, about 20, and I thought, never for my family. So that's when I went down the path of becoming an accountant. Our family accountant at the time drove a Ferrari. I thought that was a good indicator. <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting for my Ferrari. <laughs> um, we'll get there one day, I'm sure. But, um, you know, did all that hard work and, and just kept pushing on, you know, batting above my weight as much as I could and stretching myself and... 
you know, anyone that knows me knows I'm a little bit obsessed about marketing. I'm a bit of a contrarian. I like disagreeing with people, sometimes for the sake of it, just to push a few buttons. But at the end of the day, I just want to be involved in stuff that um, has some value for everyone. Um, how's that sound, Clive? Does it sound fair? <laughs> it sounds very accurate, you know, when you, especially when you start talking about pushing buttons, Trevor. I mean, I think uh, everybody's going to... Uh, enjoy Trevor pushing some buttons. So, Clive, why? What? What gives you the right to sit here in front of this microphone? And by the way, people, we do not edit these these episodes. So, if something comes out, we might bleep a few swear words now and then, but that's going to be the only editing. Clive, what gives you the the, the damn right to sit here in front of these fine people and 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 hold yourself out there as someone that can give value to them? Look, Trevor, I'm I'm a lot more humble. Um, I think, and I, that'll come across as well, but. Um, I have to say that when I look back at my working history, uh, and probably before that, I was actually born to coach because uh, I grew up with a uh, a family full of small business owners, uh, manufacturers, printers, bookkeepers. The, it, that was it was all around me, and um, then I went. I left school and. I had no idea really what I wanted to do except for something to do with business so I stumbled into a, a business uh, apprenticeship and uh, that stood me in good stead for a few uh, reasonable jobs in uh, management until I found my feet in Australia because uh, I grew up in the UK so don't hold that against me. Um, found Australia, decided I, I wanted to uh, do my own thing because uh, I felt like working for um, the boss, uh, who was an idiot, was not a, a, a good plan going forward. So for the last 18 years, um, coinciding with the, the birth of my first son, I think a great time to actually uh, go out into business for yourself. Um, I've uh, managed uh, or, or run four different, five different businesses, sold a few, and uh, stumbled across the fact that um, there was such a business as business coaching and I was doing all that uh, incidentally what would, without what, really knowing such a thing was existed. Was there that epiphany moment where you thought, you know, God damn, I just want to, uh, I want to apply this to other people's businesses? Yeah. What I was, was that epiphany? I, an, an epiphany, I think the epiphany was actually reading a book that actually told me there was such a thing called business coaching because I was already helping businesses in the consultancies and the, 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 the training sort of work that I was doing. Um, it just sort of formulated in my mind that uh, a lot of what I was doing uh, just didn't have a label to it and it became a whole lot clearer to me seven or eight years ago um, that I was actually a coach and uh, I enjoyed helping so, people. Clive, what's, what's that? What's your big weakness? Because we've all got weaknesses, and I think it's 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 important to share with their listeners. You know, we're not experts in every aspect of business, and no one can. But anyone that says they are, any other coach, accountant, consultant that says they're your one-stop shop can do everything for you is is ridiculous. So I'm often outsourcing a lot of high-end tasks in specific areas for my clients, um, and I work with my clients to make sure we find the right people. What's what's your big weakness? My big weakness, Trevor, I think, is probably that I don't. Uh tell enough people how good I am. Yeah, not a weakness of mine, I'll admit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, what is that thing? Is, but, it, but is it time management? Is it, is it focus? What, is, what, hold Clive, what holds Clive back from, from his potential success? Uh, possibly uh, my, my uh, real weakness would be focus. 
Um, I, I see a lot of opportunities. I work with a lot of different people, and uh, there's always a, a bit of greener grass um, to, to cultivate. But um, yeah, that's one of the things I've learned in my last eight years that you need to keep a fair bit of focus in actually what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, look, and I ask that question. It's a loaded question because I, I want to talk about my weaknesses, um, which I'm the, I know there's a few. You'll probably say many, but it's focus for me as well. And we haven't rehearsed this. So it's just funny that it's, it's coming out that way, but. I think with all um, all business owners that are trying to be on the leading edge, there's so many different technologies and things that can get in the way of you actually implementing things. You know, part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because I've been talking to Clive about podcasts for months, and uh, you know, at one point in there, Clive says, "Why don't you do a podcast?" And I'm, yeah, 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 we're planning to do a podcast. You know, why don't you do a podcast? So you know, here we are, and I think that's a lesson in this. Um, this is something we're going to religiously do. At this point, it's going to be released once a week for. Mm weeks and weeks and weeks and months uh, for the foreseeable future as long as people are still getting value out of it and as long as we're still enjoying doing it. But it's one of those things that it's, we're going to talk about mind frame here, but um, it's all about being an implementer. You know, This is the thing with Google these days. You want to search for something like how to improve my business, how to grow my business, how to get more sales, how to improve cash flow, how to sell my business. You know, Type any of those terms into Google, what are you going to get, 20 million hits? Surely within that combination of information, there is everything you would ever need to know about the topic. Um, and that's right in front of you right now. You could be Googling that while listening yeah. to the podcast. Um, so, and it's a question I'll ask of my client, clients that are asking me ways to be successful. And I'll say, why aren't you successful already? That's a great question to ask yourself. Why aren't you successful already? And the first couple of things that come to your mind are your limiters. So for me, it's, oh, I don't have enough time. And probably the same for you, Clive. And I, I think uh, one thing that I hear is there's so much information. You know, where do you start? Where do I start? So where do I start or I don't have enough time are not valid reasons. Now, I'm going to be, again, I'm a bit of the devil's advocate in this. You've got to be harsh on yourself. We've all got the same number of hours in the week. So in the week. We've all heard that. Every business coach talks about it. Um, the, the time is going to pass no matter what you're doing. So, you know, everyone's got the same time. It's about what you're putting that, that effort into. And it's... And you'll learn as you spend more time listening to me, it's all about niching down. Who is your target market? What is most important today to be doing to attract and to service that target market? You don't need to service everybody to make anyone's lifestyle goals don't need to be served by serving everyone in their marketplace. You find your niche. Um, in, terms of mind fr- in terms of mind frame, look, mind frame is everything. I know so many business owners who have got great ideas are great at what they do, but still don't make any money. And you're probably the same, Clive. But, and, and just talking about the, the mind frame, Trevor, it, it's, it's, it's that actual plan. Do they know, you know, does it, do the listeners here all know what they're actually trying to achieve? When, when is their uh, walkaway date? What is their walkaway uh, value to their business? Have they actually considered that to, uh, in order to make a plan to actually achieve it's a classic thing because we all and we do it ourselves and our clients do it from time to time we whinge about being held back from stuff oh i can't do this because uh you know because the kids are sick or because i've lost an employee or because i'm getting roped into doing this or that i'm being held back but and i'll often ask the question held back from what what are you trying to achieve? Mm. Um, you know, most people can't actually say what they're being held back from. Yep. They'll say, oh, I'm, I'm wasting time doing this, but, but if okay, let's get that out, let's cut that out. What would you be doing? People don't know. And it's that whole thing, you know, we'll talk a lot about the crocodile brain. Is that, you know, 
another saying that um, uh, there's a copywriter, a famous copywriter that talks about this, and he says we don't just have one foot in the still in the jungle, you know, or we're not one step out of the jungle. We're still one foot firmly planted in the jungle. We still our brains haven't evolved that much. Most of the things that we do, uh, and this is why good marketers can get us to buy stuff. Most of the things we do are subconscious. And, and part of that is we whinge and complain about things holding us back where we don't know what we're being held back from. We don't have the plan, we don't have the goal. So I guess what we're trying to do here, bring it full circle back to business valuations, is, is having a goal, what do you want to sell that business for? You know, to fund whatever you're trying to fund or to do whatever you're trying to do. Is it realistic? And if so, what would have to change? Because it's all about contrast between now and a, you know, a different reality. What would have to change between now and then to make that happen. Hmm. So if you needed, so Clive, you might want to sell your coaching business for $10 million in five years. Well, okay. So we'd probably need to know where it is now. So we'd probably need to do a valuation, right? Yep. We'd probably need to then do some kind of figures and analysis or analysis of strategic buyers and work out who would pay $10 million. What does a $10 million business look like? What, you know, what would in your niche there, a $10 million business look like? Now, without understanding, um, what a profit is, and without without understanding how to value a business based on profit, and without understanding strategic value, then everything else is pointless. Everything else is pointless. So I think that's the main thing that we're going to be talking about is understanding what is this goal, where are you right now, and and then what are those variables. And again, we're not going to hold anything back here. I'm going to share with, with the listeners over the over the course of the next few podcasts the warts and all approach of how I value a business. You know, I'm not trying to um, trickle down a little bit of, bit of information so that you come and pay me for evaluation. Most of the people listening are not going to be my clients. I can't service everyone anyway. I'm all about leverage. Um, I'm just going to give it all away. And I'm sure you're going to be kind same, enough to do the same thing, thing Clark. Yep. We're, not, we're not ego-driven like some of our competitors where we need to be the man and, and, and sort of have relationships with everyone on earth. You know, I can only do so much with my life. I'm trying to work out my own life you know, uh, balance work-life balance. Clive, I know you've, you've yes. talked before about those kind of things with me. Um, you know, so we're just going to give it all away. Now, we're going to have at times, you know, you can put comments on our webpage. So if you're not there yet, or if you found us through iTunes, sellmybusinessin10weeks.com with one zero as the 10, sellmybusinessin10weeks.com. We'll also have a Facebook page. There's, you can subscribe to our, our list where you can get some um, free information. There's a special report we'll be putting up there and some offers for some extra information later on sell my business in 10weeks.com but what I'm going to talk about now just quickly because we're trying to keep these things to half an hour so people can digest them you know in the car or while they're waiting you know at the dentist or whatever uh, we're going to talk about what gives a business value so the way I like to coin this is why would anyone spend money on anything Clive why do you why, do you, why would you buy a motorbike why would you buy anything um Usually, the, perhaps the first thing that comes to your mind is, is you want you've got some emotional attachment to it. Um, emotion is is a big trigger point. And, and so here we're looking. Something. It's clear we're looking from the buyer's point of view. So, mm. you what you think about your business is irrelevant. I'm mm. sorry. That's right. You're you're here. It's all about putting yourself in the buyer's shoes. So you're talking about the emotional attachment that someone may or may not have yet for your business may, right. will determine whether they buy your business and, and mm. how much they spend. Exactly. Yeah, sure. So yeah. it's the same with buying anything, buying mm-hmm. an ice cream or buying a house. Yeah. And obviously buying a business is a bit more to it than that. 
most of them don't just get sold on on emotion apart from restaurants and things like that which the, the, is a bit it, silly. It'll, it'll boil down to that sort of thing at the end of the day but they'll they'll look at um yeah potentially how how much uh enjoyment they get at running that sort of business and uh, how much money they're gonna be able to make okay so the way i like to look at it um you know i'm a bit harsh in some ways the emotion is important but you're still going to have someone like me on the other side of the table looking at the numbers and i compare everything to a turn deposit because it's easy so if i'm going to put money to turn deposit i'm going to hand over my my money we don't have any banks sponsoring this this podcast yet but i'm sure when we do in the future we'll be mentioning a bank's name any banks out there quite happy to <laughs> to give you a plug uh, just kidding we'll share it around um so i'm going to put ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars into a turn deposit let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars i'm going to want a return on that now it's a fairly low risk play putting money in turn deposit depending you know as long as it's an australian bank or you know it's not somewhere in europe at the moment then you're probably going to get your capital back and you're probably going to get interest back on time so you might only want for example five percent rate of return now and that's fine so i know i've almost got a certain amount of return i'm going to get back and my capital back so i'll pay a hundred thousand dollars and i'll get five thousand dollars a year back so i'm getting a five percent return if I found a business that I was willing to put $100,000 in for, I'm going to want a lot more than 5% return. I and may, you're not going to make sure you're going to get that 100 grand back yeah, too. Yeah, so I'm going to want to make sure that I at least get my 100 grand back at some point either by reselling it or getting it back through profits. And I'm going to want more than 5%. Now, typically, the way I value businesses, it's usually between about a 10% rate of return to 100% rate of return. So let's look at 100% rate of return. Now, a lot of restaurants get valued about 100% rate of return. Look, I'm not going to go into too much detail about the, the technicalities of it, but basically means that I'm going to want to see a likeliness of $100,000 profit per year, every year, as well as getting my capital back. So I, I put in my 100 every year, I got my 100, plus I get my capital back at some point in the future. If I only wanted a 50% rate of return, so I thought the risk was half of that of this risky restaurant, I would pay $100,000 and only expect a $50,000 rate of return. So that's how it works. So there's a, there's a correlation between profitability and required rates of return. Now, Clive, what from the, you know from a non-business valuation's point of view, what do you understand about required rate of return? What's the big thing that makes that change? What's the variable? The profit, profit, and the risk. Okay, so right, so there's two. If there's consistent consistent type profits and there's low risk, then you're going to accept a lower rate of return. And you know if the profits are a bit up and down and the risks are high, you're gonna want a higher rate of return. That's right. And for the same level of profitability, high risk means you're gonna you're gonna pay less for that business. So over the course of the next few podcasts, we're gonna talk about profitability, and we're gonna talk about all the different components within that. And the risk reduction. And we're gonna talk about risk. So, you know, Clive is the expert of getting in there and, and rolling the sleeves up and changing the risk. And what I'll do is I'll help Clive to communicate to you how that change in the risk will change the business valuation. And also improving the profits, Trevor. Yep. So as we go along, we'll talk a lot about marketing. We'll talk about a lot, you know, niching down, positioning. We'll talk a lot about um, something we call financial arbitrage, uh, which is an exciting topic about how to basically eliminate your expenses in the terms of the buyer. Uh, and we're going to bring some special guests in who have sold their businesses, some other advisors. We're going to talk to some business brokers, and we're not we're not massive fans of business brokers, but used as a powerful weapon at the right time can be great. Not a fan of people going and just saying, I'm ready to sell here, Mr. Mr. Business Broker, can you list it for me? That's certainly not the way to go about it, um, although business brokers can be a useful tool. Um, Once you're ready. When, when you're ready. So I think they'll probably do it for this first episode. So what we're trying to do is just get you 
you know, informed about where we're going to head with the next few episodes, let you know about our website, come and like us on Facebook, you know, be a friend, put some comments down, let us know what you want to hear about. We've got our own agenda exactly. here, yep. but let us know what specifically you want to talk about. Put some questions in there. Uh, we'll answer any any questions. We reply to our emails. Uh, it's not an automated process. Um, and on the next session, we're going to be talk about the specifics of doing business valuation. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take you through an actual example. Uh, it's not going to be a real example because for confidentiality reasons, but the numbers are going to be fairly real. I'm going to take you through how to value a business, basic numbers, you can follow it along. And I'm also going to show you how to massively improve that valuation by a couple of little tweaks because I just wanted to show you that you don't have to change a lot to double or triple the valuation in the eyes of the valuer. And my job here is to make accountants speak sound uh, normal to us uh, business owners. Yeah, it's probably never going to sound normal. Um, but, you know, you don't have to like me, but you don't have to agree with me. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to understand where I'm coming from. Uh, so if you disagree, that's fine, but disagree coming from an angle that um, you've got a better way. And if you've got a better way, let me hear about it. We're, uh, we're all about um, debate and learning, and there is, there's no way, there's no one way to grow a business for sale. There's no one way to do the sale transaction. Um, and I'm quite happy to, to take people's opinions. And if, look, if anyone's got any specific questions about their business, if they want to have us answer that on the podcast, or if they just want to do it private, let us know. Send us an email. Uh, again, go to our website for all the contact details at sellmybusinessin10weeks.com. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, share it with your friends. And uh, if you know anyone that's looking at selling their business anytime, it doesn't have to be in the next 10 weeks, that's just a bit of a catchy phrase, but anytime in the, in the next 10 years, um, or if you're looking at buying a business and you want to know all these little tricks we're using with people that want to sell their businesses. Get, it works just the same from both angles. Get the inside guff, then um, stay tuned, stick with us. And um, we're going to have some exciting information. On, we're actually going to launch some uh, some exciting information on the next podcast. So um, there might even be a special offer in there for listeners. And it's not going to cost you anything. So stay tuned for that. And um, until next week, um, that's all from me. Clive, I'll give you the last word. And farewell. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. Just remember the advice is only general in nature. But if you are serious about selling your business, you should check out the resources page of our website where we've got videos and templates to create an awesome pitch document for your business, which you will need if you're selling. And don't forget to subscribe on our website for advanced notification and bonus materials.